Welcome to the audio version of SOCH 119, the largest interactive class about race and culture in the world. Join the nearly 800 students watching in person live Tuesdays and Thursdays on YouTube at youtube.com slash SOCH 119. For more information about the class or how to watch, go to SOCH119.org. Now from Happy Valley, it's time for class. Take it away, Sam. During the semester, my I, we invite students up to the front of the room, and I don't know what the students are going to say, or you know whatever the, the what, I know what the conversation is going to be. I know what kinds of questions I'm going to ask them, but basically, you know, I pick a topic like you know immigration or multiculturalism or speaking, um, learning a foreign language or, or another a second language or anything. I don't know, you know, the way they think about skin color or something like that. And then I just ask them to find out what this, this generation or different configurations of the generation thinks about it. So including, and then we have students from other countries. So I never know until they're sitting on the table and I start asking them questions, what it is that they're going to say. And I don't really know much about any of the students. Well, we're going to run these live streams uh, and, and kind of similarly when we're not in a classroom. And it's so fascinating for me to bring, have, invite people onto the stream in the same way that I invite students on uh, into, onto the table in the front of the room and just ask people questions because I'm curious. Um, and I'm not interested in speaking with experts uh, just because I, I'm not. Um, it's just, it's, I don't know, whatever. I don't need that. I can go read the, the books of experts or I can, you know, listen to their some podcast or whatever the case is. I'm really interested in speaking with people. And mostly it's it's people who reach out to me, uh, reach out to us, to, to Jeff and I, and say like, hey, I, I'd be interested in, in volunteering and coming on. And the same way the students reach out to volunteer. And, uh, and, and to hear what they have, to, what people have to say, it's like kind of, kind of a, you know, very much a, a studs turkle um, approach to, uh, he's an old ethno ethnographer, a studs turkle approach to understanding what people are thinking. So today's conversation is about conservatism. And, and I, uh, I'm just really curious about how people are thinking about conservatism because, um, I, yeah, so that, that's it. So I, I, I invited, uh, we invited four people on who in some way identify not, you know, again, conservative with a small C, but at least embrace many of, many of the sort of what, what are some of the core components of conservatism, but those are shifting and changing all the time, man. So, so here we are, like, we're going to have a conversation. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you bring everybody on and, and I will, I will say something. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Get in here, get in here, get in here. Listen up. We're talking about some stuff today. Tune in. It's Social 19 time. 
why don't we just start say just you know where you are and we don't don't say anything about what you think because that's irrelevant we're just going to talk but what Ari, why don't why don't we start with you where are you and yeah i'm i'm in las vegas nice to be with you yeah yeah awesome and yeah marie in albany new york albany new york yep and kyle yeah nashville tennessee Nashville, Tennessee, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Hey, and we'll see if we get Christian. Uh, he was on for a while, so Jeff, why don't we, why don't we just you and I can communicate in the in the private stream, and you can let me know. I have this idea myself that you know people are are all over the place politically wise, right? Like we dichotomize this thing: conservatives and liberals, and Republicans and Democrats. I mean, it's it's just so insane for me as a sociologist because I know that human beings are a very complex mix of a wide range of of thoughts and ideas, and there's no way that we can categorize people inside of a box like the boxes that right now the four of us are in. Right? There's no way to do that. Um, and but I have the idea that most people, you know, half of their thinking is what we would typically say is kind of li- like the classic liberal thinking, and half of their thinking we would say mm-hmm. is classic conservative thinking, Wh- whatever those things are. And so I don't know, like, it just could we uh, just say a couple things about about that? You know, like how you how. Like, do you have a really hard time when people ask you, like, what do you think or what do you stand or like, how difficult is it for you? I should say, let me make it an open-ended question. I was actually dying to say something anyways. Um, so I guess like, I feel like a good place to start is both parties have kind of flipped almost a 180, oh, excuse me, mm-hmm. 360 <laughs> um, from what they started as. And um, I don't think, majority of Americans are even aware. Um, Like for instance, the Republican party starting as the non-slavery party and, you know, the whole, and the Democrats, et cetera. And um, it's almost like I went from at one point, I wrote some notes down, um, but I, I went from one point where I was thinking that they were totally flipped. And now when I look there's almost like a very fine line between the two parties um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. besides a different face on, on each side because they've gotten so far away from the original values, which is yeah. said for America in general. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to highlight. I've watched a lot of your classes. I think I've mentioned that to you a few times and I, I like that because um, I've taken a lot of sociology and I haven't, our classes weren't streamed, so they weren't mm-hmm. shared. Those all those conversations are gone, and yours are still coming around. Sometimes I even mm-hmm. rewatch stuff from years ago. But I feel that without getting off of the conservative piece, I feel like conservatives are more along the biblical end, and we can't just see Trump as the face of yeah of, of that. However, I feel like leftists. Um, have become the the party has become very racialized, um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and uh, for lack of a better term, hijacked by some mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. agenda. Um, and why I say this is, like you said, you, there's 
many ways to put the four of us in boxes. And one of them is racially. And yeah. there's yeah, yeah. next to no one that would look at me and say, oh, look at that African-American. Oh, yeah. look at that American Indian with a tribal card, by the way. No one would say yeah. that. And they certainly wouldn't say I'm Asian, but clearly with my skin tone, they can see that, you know, I'm white too. But with that being said, I'm, I'm not in any of those boxes in any kind of way. But yeah. what was interesting about the last election, why Trump possibly lost to Biden was the Native Americans. They voted yeah. in record numbers. And I, I noticed yeah. you. You include them in a lot of your discussions. However, yeah. recently I found out that he gave, I think it's like a billion dollars to Palestine or Jerusalem. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even watch it because I have been on reservations. I don't live on one, but that's yeah. part of my heritage in the very people that voted him in. He has forgotten that kind of piggybacks on immigration. If yeah. Not okay. Of the people in our country. So let me, okay, let me respond to that. And I want to hear what Ari has to say about this issue. So what I'm hearing from you for, is, is, is uh, that this, this confuse, and this is what I hear from so many people, mm -hmm. right? First off, just set the, set the political parties aside because I like right now, I don't want to talk about political parties at all because it's, it really is, is really irrelevant, right? Um, that there's, People just identify you. What I'm hearing from you is you identify in an incredibly complex way mm -hmm. and that there's no if you think about what you said about the origin of these parties. But again, I don't want to go there. It's a, it's just immensely complex for you. And so, like, I, what's it even mean then to be to, to put your ideas in a box, so to speak? Ari, I, I feel like that's very true for you. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not too concerned about the the political party side of things these days. And in fact, I'm uh, my my concern is that like actual ideas and policies are are themselves hardly discussed, and mm -hmm. and uh -huh. the, the idea of discourse is is just not even on the table anymore. And and as far as like where I'm at. Um, I, I so the, the the box I guess you could put me in um, uh, most easily or most identifiably would be like a classical liberal, uh, uh -huh. and so so coming from the the other side of the aisle, you know, uh, where when when you say conservative, <clears throat> I think liberals like would identify that as um, uh, a conservative as like a a Christian conservative, so like conservative yeah, yeah, yeah. values. Being like uh, someone that's pro-life, and um, yeah. you know, like just those, those those typical things. So, like, uh, which is you know, which yeah. is bizar absolutely bizarre to me, right? Like, right. yeah, that we just pick a couple issues out and they become mm -hmm. the issues that we use to identify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And where it's like, I I I certainly think that there's you know um, importance and value in, in in things like family values or whatever, and you know, like there's uh -huh. there's things uh that are lost when when those get um devalued or whatever you know uh when uh -huh. when, when you know you denigrate them to the extent that they have been but uh you know those you know those those have 
also like a very, uh, you know, they're, they're not prioritized in, in my personal view, the way that some people would think they are for a conservative. Um, and, and, you know, like the liberty aspects are, or, or more, I guess I would say the role of government is, is a better way to put, uh, where, where mm -hmm. I emphasize my beliefs and, and like, so I'm, I'm a big believer in, uh, the U.S. Constitution, and I just think it's a a brilliant, um, uh, brilliant document. And you know, where when when you think of something like American exceptionalism, you know, it's uh -huh. not like thing where <clears throat> I think or some conservatives may think that oh, God just loves us more than the rest of the world. You know, where yeah, like yeah, where, yeah, yeah. The, the U.S. In, in a lot of ways where we are, you know, ahead of or the, the top dog or however you want to put it, it's not because God loves us, you know, or whatever, or that it's it's that uh -huh. we, our, our founders um, created this brilliant document and created these checks and balances um, and, and uh, you know, recognized the, uh, the corruptive nature of power and... Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And just um, put all of these measures into place, not just yeah. in the ways of how we created laws, but then the different layers up between, you know, states' rights and you know, national power and you know, legislation. Hey, so various ways. Okay, let me ask you this then: when you say uh, the way I see American exceptionalism, and it, it, it's not. I don't see it in a kind of a vertical axis, but more in like kind of a horizontal axis that, you know, and I say this a lot, like what the fact that the United States has been around, we're coming up to 250 years. Right. Uh, and we've only had one civil war, you know, we've almost had a, a, a you know, another one really in the sixties, we easily could have fractured. And there've been probably a couple of other times when we may have been, but, Man, only one civil war. Like, holy smokes. Like, that's pretty exceptional for a society. You know, we're talking about Europe, which, which is what we're going to talk about on Thursday. I'm going to talk with some Europeans about what's happening there with regard to nationalism and immigration. But, man, if you watch one of these maps of Europe over the past 250 years and you watch how just the countries are changing, the borders are changing, it's like, oh, my God. That's exceptional. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's worth really seeing that. Yeah. And, and 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 to that to that similar end, we are in a way technically the oldest nation on the planet right now, in the sense mm -hmm. of we we have the longest running government with without mm -hmm. a change of government of any other of any other government on the world. You know, mm -hmm. since since we've been established in uh, was it seventeen eighty nine, I believe, there is no other single running government that's been in place um, as long as we have. And yeah. even though yeah. you'd think that the U.S. is is super young compared to like China or you know yeah. the U.K. or whatever, no, In, but yeah. our government has actually been stable and around longer than any of these other governments have. So yeah. let me. Hey, by the way, I don't I don't know that that's true. Uh, it's. But anyway, I'll be curious if someone it's says true. it in the, in the chat. I mean, I, How it's true? It's true. It's a certain level for sure. Hey, right, let me right. ask you this then. Uh, so you. So if someone calls you, if someone, if I said, Hey, what are you, what are, where do you, where do you lean? Right. And you, you would say, you would say, well, I lean toward kind of, kind of 
what we'd consider to be classical liberalism, meaning like in individual liberties and individual rights and a, and a, and a, and a, and a smaller rather than larger government. Right. Correct. It's, it's what I would hear yes. you say. Yeah. Okay. That seems to me like that would be classic conservative type thinking, you know, you know, Marie, you mentioned like the hijacking by the, by the, on the liberal side, well, the hijacking on the conservative, the so-called Republican, so-called conservative side is a hijacking by the, you know, the pe mm -hmm. people linking that thinking to certain kinds of religious yes. thinking. Hey, Kyle, how about you, man? What are you, what's your... Yeah, um, I, I kind of like that you called out um, to just not use the parties. I, I think like, especially Democrats, I think um, that's such an inadequate term to describe mm -hmm. the, the modern left and the modern um, kind of liberal ideal, if you will. Um, it, it's not as um, mm -hmm. homogenous as that, and it's certainly not um, strictly political. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that the parties are um, wearing out their welcomes. Um, I, I think we see more and more that people are wanting to run independently coming out of larger mm -hmm. parties and um, I think they are gaining more traction. So it's not just like Ralph Nader running, you know, third party yeah. to no votes, basically every cycle. And but, getting like um, two and a half million votes. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I do think um, that there, I, I don't know that I want to call it a dichotomy, but there is something in the modes of um, coming to conclusions or coming to prescriptions for problems. And so there are ways that people um, consider issues that are reused um, in almost yeah. like formulas that, that get reused on, on various mm -hmm. topics and they may or may not be valid um, to whatever it is that somebody's considering. So I do think that there is, is some kind of finite small number of ways that people come up with to yeah. kind of um, view things. And so hey, let me go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go finish. Ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, what is it about? So when you think about your thinking, right? So with Ari, he was saying kind of like a like a classical liberal thinking, meaning like, you know, you want to empower individuals to be educated, to be thoughtful, to be smart, to be have the opportunity to work hard if they really want to work hard. And, you know, not in that infringe on the rights of other people. That's really essential. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and also you want to have is the smallest government that you can have. You got to have government because there's no way to get people. Yes. Absolutely. To get people to work together. I mean, you got to work together. It's like on the highways, you got to have speed limits. You have to have road bumps. You have to have lines in the road. Well, not in Egypt, by the way, man, I was driving in Egypt and there are no lines in the road and people are going all over the place. It's the most beautiful yeah. orchestration of driving I'd ever seen in my life. But Kyle, would you, does that, would you say that that kind of shapes the way you think, or would that kind of characterize how you see the world? Yeah. In a, in a sense, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the, the phrase before that you can do surgery better with a scalpel than a shotgun. Um, yeah. And I, I look at the federal government as shotgun politics. And what we were supposed yeah. to be is the, the local government was the most important. And each step you take out yeah. was supposed to be less and less influential. And I, I think we've gone the other way. I think there are a lot of people that couldn't name the mayor of their city that 
could tell you a lot about the contemporary um, kind of federal conversation. So do you do people around you, not just the people you associate with, but to what degree do people around you think like you think? Like people in um, your area of Tennessee, like how many are? You know, you would think that um, it it would be a lot of conservatives. And there are certainly, you know, Tennessee is a red state for sure. Yeah. Um, but Nashville itself is not. Um, and, and so. But how about. Well, when you say con- conservative thinking, I'm, I'm talking about this conservative sure. thinking, which is like individual liberties, uh, the, the small, not too many of the individual liberties, right? Like, like he, he can't like, he can't have too many. I mean, obviously there are some things that we have to control because that's just the nature of human beings, but smaller rather than large government. Yes. Would yeah. you, you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fault. Yeah, I, I wanted to kind of add something to what Kyle was saying um, and, and to our conversation we were having prior to getting on. Uh, I think cannabis, uh, what's been happening with cannabis in the last decade is a perfect illustration of, of uh, how, how these um, constitutionally with this, you know, this classical liberal um, values and ideas works so perfectly. Uh, mm-hmm. Referring to the Tenth Amendment in particular, which is you know uh, states' rights, right? Which uh-huh. how how with smaller government works more efficiently. Where like so so what you have like in um, normally you would think of when you were going to legalize something, you would have uh, you you'd pass a law and and so you'd have just like one law where where you would regulate something for the whole entire uh, country, right? Um, but what what happened with cannabis is each individual state now has been passing their own law and regulating it um, how they see fit. Okay. And so you have this notion, I think Louis Brandeis was the one who coined the term, it's called 50 laboratories of democracy, um, which was kind of the the original vision of of, of the founders where like, so now every individual state is in this process of, of basically handling how they want to do cannabis in their own individual way. Um, Maybe that's not going to end up being, um, you know, 15, 20 years from now. But what's happening for us now is we have this opportunity where, you know, Nevada's doing their thing, California, uh, Colorado, and so forth is all doing their own things. And they're all, you know, different in their own little ways. And you have now this opportunity where b- best practices are, are given their chance to be to elevated and be observed. Right. And whereas like if if the federal government passed one law, they virtually yeah. get it wrong every time they've done it, like without exception, you know, where, yeah, where yeah, something yeah. gets screwed up, if not a hundred things get screwed up uh, in, in the process. Where this yeah, way, like yeah. over a period of 10 or 20 years, you get to say, okay, this state did it like this and this was good, this was bad. Like we raised yeah. revenue this yeah. way. You, you catch my point um, yeah. where, where through, th- by, by using the, form of government that was closer to the individual, you know, like you, you had this means of democracy working in a much more efficient way. And then if you taken it to an even closer way, so let's say not the state, but the County passed their law, it would be even more so. And, and so like, this is a way that the average person doesn't maybe analyze the, the way that, you know, power can be uh, spread out or, or, you know, regulated in, in, in a form that uh, it, it could be. Well, it's, it, let me, Marie, let me say this and then we'll, we'll mm-hmm. it's no, it's, it's like the balance, right? <laughs> How power can be 
it, you know, yes. it can constantly be balanced out and leveled out. The more people right. you have involved right. in decision yes. making, when, when, power yeah, yeah. Gets, when power gets like, uh, you know, yeah. power likes to coalesce around itself, right? And and, and that's yeah. when it gets corrupted. Yeah, yeah. But if you keep it spread out, it, you know, power always is corruptible. But the, but the, the less it can gravitate around itself, you know, then then there's just less less well, to be manipulated by individuals. Let let me make one final statement, Marie, and then you'll. I just want to mm -hmm. define power in a, in a in a moment. Just something really mm -hmm. fast. When, when people come together in a, in a to, so by the way, you were speaking as a sociologist, right? This is like, your words are just completely, uh, this the way, the way I see stuff. Cause it's, cause in the end, human beings have to work together. And that means we have at some level to agree on what the rules are going to be that the majority of us that, that a, all of us are going to have to act on, right. Or B members of certain groups are going to act on or C we're going to be able to get the majority of people to do. Cause you got to do that. You have to have rules. Like you have to have a traffic police and traffic rules or traffic mm -hmm. is just chaotic. Well, so is social life and all of life. And so in a way then this, this, what you were saying is like really classical what would be the the best possible conservative thinking you know what i mean in this way of like no we we're gonna we don't we don't want the 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 lar we don't want single government entities making uh we want to have limit the degree to which single entities make decisions for entire populations right we we want to limit that but you're going to have to have some of it, but you want to try to limit it and that's conservative thinking in a way but in order to have that and then Maria, this is you next. In order to have that, individuals have to be thoughtful and and communicative with one another, right? This is where the liberal side comes. Like you got to educate people, and you got to have people feeling empowered, so that they can say, "All right, hang on, let me step up and let me take responsibility for myself here." Because if I don't take responsibility for myself, that means other people have to take responsibility for me, and that's a problem. Anyway, Marie, you were gonna. Um, yes, I just wanted to backtrack. So this really has nothing to do with parties either. Um, so I, I'm, my experience is quite similar to yours. Um, um, I'm a teacher, although in prison systems for many years. So I've taught tens of thousands of students who are struggling academically in any kind of way you can dream of. And I'm sure you have had a broad gamut of I can see some of your classes are really large. Um, so I'm coming from that background. However, with a little twist, um, pretty much across the board, all of my students were not knowledgeable of anything that we're talking about today. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, although when they go to a court of law, they are sentenced with the Constitution. So when this last election made it really clear to me that um, so I make it known I'm not very political. I'm just in the middle and I don't like to be forced to, I pick, I like this, this is what I like, I believe this. But the average American wants to somehow separate us. However, what dawned on me that was beyond everything I just said, that is true for both parties and a large percentage of Americans is that besides, and by the way, these aren't even the articles, these are amendments, <laughs> besides the amendments of the right to protest and freedom of speech, 
a lot mm. of Americans don't know there's anything else. Like the yeah. articles yeah. come before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. And, and that's a huge problem because we have people controlling this nation that are mm -hmm. very unaware. And I, I had to teach it to mm -hmm. kids that had no clue um, mm. of that. And, and a lot of these kids have done things, you know, well, all of them have <laughs> done things out in their communities and different things. Wow. And I actually taught a pilot college course there with a neighboring college. And we mm -hmm. brought in regular college students to debate with these kids after we taught them the constitution. And mm -hmm. what we literally had a sentencing judge come from New York city to, to debate and judge the same student that he gave a life sentence to years mm -hmm. prior. It was like everyone was crying, but yeah. what, what you learned is that I had tens of thousands of students and I know you have, but if you can just look out into your classrooms or your, mm -hmm. your large auditorium and just imagine how many of those kids or youth or young people mm -hmm. were not aware of the basic principles, but we're lead. It's almost like, I think somebody did say it's something about the, or the streets in Egypt. Imagine people yeah, driving yeah, yeah. without their license or without. Yeah. Experience, then no lines. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. So here, let me respond to that. That's uh, I think that part of where we, again, systems break down when mm -hmm. people are not contributing to them, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we have, strangely enough, is we have this whole kind of neoconservative movement or whatever that has mm -hmm. decided, hey, we're just going to pass an endless amount of rules, but they're rules mm -hmm. and laws that we want to pass. And then you have the classic liberal movement, which is, you know, the ideas, which is, hey, we what we need is to re have really thoughtful, participatory individuals who can step up and really think for themselves and act in ways that if they're thinking for themselves and they're doing best for themselves, they're also going to have a natural inclination to do best for other people around them. And which is kind of classic libertarian type thinking, which is classic conservative type thinking. And I think you, you, you just gave a great example of that, say in a prison, right? Like give people the opportunity to really young people to grow and to think, and they'll, they'll do it, man, they'll come through. You are listening to the audio version of Sociology 119. Hey, Kyle, if you think about my class, right? So you watch my class. What What is it about my, when you think about these kinds of things that we're talking about, what is it about my class that is really interesting to you? This guy living, you know, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, the, the, red um, the first... Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that was interesting to me was that it showed up in my YouTube feed. <laughs> um, uh -huh. That that was uh, I, you know I don't know why but um, it did algorithms. So um, I watched um, I can't remember what the first one was, but you know it was it, it was one of the ones that you were kind of role playing the the conservative view. I think actually it was the conservative narrative um, uh -huh. from several years ago, um, and and it was. Uh, 
a conversation with your students about what they hear in the news and what do they think when they see these logos. And I think you pulled up like uh, Breitbart and Fox News and, and things like that. And it was like, what do you, what does your mind go to? Showed a picture of Trump, of Candace Owens. And, um, and it was interesting to me, you know, I, I had emailed you and one of the things that it seemed like was very difficult was to get a conservative to speak up as loudly as, as the liberals in the room. Um, and, and there had always seemed to be somebody that would kind of not even be a conservative, so to speak, but somebody that would offer a counter opinion that would preface with a, well, I'm not conservative. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, just make sure no one makes that mistake. And, um, and so <laughs> don't see me that way. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so, um, I, I found that to be really interesting. And then the, um, you did a um, conversation about Nicholas Sandman um, and yeah. his MAGA hat. And one of the things that I, I super, oh. super appreciated was when you like off camera, go f- find some kid's Penn state hat, hold it up to the camera and say, what does this mean? As everybody's kind of, you know, dogpiling on this. Well, the kid's wearing a MAGA hat, so he deserved it. Um and you show this Penn State hat and say, you know, this means to a lot of people, pedophile state university. And yeah. um, all of yeah. a sudden, you know, I don't know what exactly went through people's heads at that moment. Over half the class, I think, had some sort of Penn State gear on. <laughs> Dude, totally, and, totally. You know, and, yeah. and I was like, that's really interesting. And I wish that there was a, a kid there that could capitalize on that moment and yeah, and so then I yeah. reached out and said, you know, can I can I offer some kind of perspective at some point? Dude, that was okay. I don't I stumble upon things a lot in that room because, you know, it's happening really fast. Right. And people are coming, people are going and I'm trying to keep my job by not saying anything really uh, that I shouldn't be saying, <laughs> which, is, dude, which is not easy, man. But. <laughs> But that was, um, I remember when I did that, it, that, that just came to me in the moment. Uh, I, I've probably done about three or four things in my entire teaching career that I would label be really, really creative and maybe borderline brilliant. And that was one of them, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah, was intense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think, okay, so for you, you then appreciate, have appreciated my ability to take these very simple things like that and 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 give a conservative twist to it what would be conservative i don't know hey by the way you should know that um students uh on average young people of of that you know 20 something right they 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 live they lean toward being more liberal as we say right i mean they do because it's when you 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 come to you go off to college You start to, you read your, Marie, you read your first thing about prisons or you read your first thing about about, uh, Native Americans, right? American Indians or you, whatever it is, you know, you you learn about something and you like, and then you see the problems in the world and in many ways for the first time. And you, and you start thinking, oh shit, we get, we have to, this is not good, man. This is not good. We need to solve this, right? We need to fix these problems. And then 
why doesn't the gov why don't we do something? And then the we becomes why doesn't the government do something? Like we should all do this, right? It's mm -hmm. like thinking, no, we all have to all the taxpayers have to agree on what it is that we're gonna do to solve this problem. And that's where the complication comes in. Mm -hmm. But then people lean toward starting to make demands to fix the problems that they see, whether it's with racism or sexism mm -hmm. or poverty or anything. It doesn't war. And so people go through a much more, go through that period of time. And I see that with my students and, and that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, that's the, mm -hmm. it's good. I'm always uplifted by that. I'm, I'm downtrodden when I run into people, some, you know, people who are 20 years old and they're already cynical. It's like, ah, fuck mm -hmm. the world. We can't fix the world. It's all over, you know, whatever. So anyway, so that's one of the things that goes on in the classroom mm -hmm. and, and, and they have the idea that conservatives, to say you're conservative means to say, and they pick out all the things that are just seem to be against fixing the world, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not true at all, right? But they have that idea. And so that's like the minimalist level of understanding. And that's why you see that. That's why it's harder. As well, one final thing, my wife says this all the time, we teach a narrative that's more aligned with so-called li current liberal thinking, not tr traditional area, not like classical mm -hmm. liberal thinking, but, and we don't teach really thoughtful, uh, we don't teach really thoughtful um, conservative thinking, like really, really like, come on, man. Like we, we don't do that. So therefore uh, yeah. we miss out. I, I was just having, um, I was just having a discussion with a, a more left-leaning friend of mine recently, and um, and there was just like this base assumption in his argument or logic or whatever that you know it's like he's like, well, I'm sorry, I just I care about the little guy, and it's like, what are you yeah. saying? I don't I don't care yeah. about you know other people like like. This is the problem. Is it's it never occurs to him or to to people of that mindset that there are arguments on the yeah. right or however you want to frame it that yeah. may, maybe your philosophy is not helping the little guy. You know, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it automatically it's do it my way, or if you don't, it's because you're selfish. Or you only, yeah. you know, yeah. you're, you're greedy, um, um, or like it's like, no, there's, there's, you know, there's many things going on there. There's like, you know, there's that term bleeding heart, right? And it's like, well, you know, what happens to a bleeding heart? Eventually, like, you know, you run out of blood or whatever. It's, there's many different things going on. Or it's like, I, 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 I remember watching a couple of videos about like liberals from the sixties and seventies that were saying like, you know, we thought, you know, these projects of public housing that we did was going to help uh, these inner city mm -hmm. people, um, you know, and all we did was we created the ghetto, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we were wrong in a lot of situations or like with, with certain aspects of welfare programs where it's like, mm -hmm. Create this um, the cycle of dependency, and like mm -hmm. it's not to say that we don't need uh, some sort of social security net, but mm -hmm. like 
to to continually just say we need to throw money at a, at a problem over and over and over again. There are um, it's it's not even just an issue of budgeting, which is an issue in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there are consequences to that. But you're you know when when you when you create a situation where you make it. Um, when you deter somebody from going out and getting a job because it's more attractive um, to 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 stay on the dole, so to speak, you create like this yeah. pure, this gap in a person's young like professional career where it's like okay, then for like they have this gap of five, six, seven years where they're not building up their resume, you know, and it's yeah. like like well, this person is you know they're making minimum wage and, and they're, you know, 30 years old. And what it's like, look, man, if they're, if they're 30 years old, making minimum wage, like there's, it's, they didn't just, that just didn't just happen. You know, somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. is working hard, even if they're at Walmart or whatever, they don't stay at minimum wage. Like they, they're, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, but anyway, Ari, sorry, Ari, I want to just say something about that. So, one of the one of the struggles that we have this goes back to the really big government idea that somehow from far away we can make a decision that will have impacts on lots and lots and lots of people and the more people this is basic sociology right this is also where you the more people that we try to impact with particular decisions and laws and rules etc the more likely we are to miss the mark right so kyle you said this was it you or was it christian who said that to, to, to fix something instead of a scalpel a shotgun yeah yeah surgery with a, a shotgun instead of a scalpel. <laughs> yeah uh, so this is this is like the sociology stuff so if you if i go to like not like uh stripping away or weakening people's resolve to kind of really work themselves into a different place it's like, well, that happens at, at any job, right? It's not, it, it happens at my, in my place of employment, every place of employment. If like, if employees don't see a reason to really work, w work hard and move forward, yeah, then teachers are a perfect example. Totally. For an example. Yeah. So Christian, you can weigh in on this then teachers, teachers, <laughs> Yeah, it's endless. You can you can work 24 7, 365 as a teacher and never ever stop, right? So, well, it's time. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta like yeah, and Marie, I I forgot you too. So the three <laughs> so but at some point in time, um you you um hang on. I'm I'm thinking I I lost uh we we can some people are going to stop way short. They're just going to stop way short. And some people are going to work overtime to make it happen. Just think about teachers, right? So, so then we got the people to stop way short. They just really don't put the energy in. And so now we got to make a rule for that. Okay, teachers. like So at Penn State, for example, what we have to do is we have to sign – Every semester, we have to fill out a form and send it to the state and tell people how many hours a week we're working on average. Just stupid stuff, right? So they start passing laws for the hoops we got to jump through, and like because a few people stop way short. And so th this is this is the endless battle that human beings have in trying to create a sociological system 
that is beneficial for as many people as it can possibly be. It's been a big problem with the, with the public teachers unions, you know, where yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, matter, no matter how hard you work or how little you work, you, you get the same level of increase in pay and you know, you advance yeah. at the same pace. So it's like, took out all the incentive for you to like, yeah. want to like work hard or work, not work hard or, you know. No, and they, and, the, and those unions are really good, right? Like they have a lot of benefits. They have many, all unions have many benefits for many things in lots of ways. And yet they have detriments. They have like negative side effects. And so it's like, okay, well, unintended consequences. And this is what life is, right? Welcome back. You are still listening to Sociology 119's podcast. This is one of the things that I'm always trying to do in my class, which is point out the many different positive and negative sides of everything we can possibly look at. And and so mm -hmm. just to complicate it as much as possible. Um, Christian, what is it about what? So when we're thinking about these questions of conservatism, so you haven't really spoken yet down in Nashville or no, you're in uh, Oregon. I'm in Oregon. Yeah. Salem, Oregon. Uh, what is it that first drew you to watching the social 118 class? Like, what did you, what did you see? Uh, very much like Kyle. It was just, it came across my YouTube feed. It was during a time where I was also in college and I was trying to branch out and see much more perspectives on life. I want to know more about other people. I was at that time going to get a degree in education, which I am now partaking in as a teacher. And it's one of those things where I wanted to be able to connect to my students more. I wanted to be able to connect to other people more. So your classes came across my feed and it was like, what are all these different perspectives that are available? Because mm -hmm. I genuinely mm -hmm. want to understand other people. Mm -hmm. Do you think people, so the people around you, okay, this is one of the questions I, I would ask my students. Do, do you feel like people around you are like you? Like they no, really, not at all. <laughs> yeah? How? What, no. They don't want to understand other people? I am a Republican in a completely Democratic state. Like, I can vote in everything, and I will never have my vote matter. Okay, but let me, but let me go back to this side. <laughs> you want to understand other perspectives, right? right. Okay. Uh, to what degree are people around you like that? Like they really genuinely want to understand other perspectives. <laughs> I would say most people don't. Yeah. I, I see this in schools as well. It's, we really preach yeah. a lot of tolerance and it really just breeds intolerance and it's really, yeah. really rough. Uh, earlier you're talking about your conservative talking point when you're trying to get the conservative point of view and was it who was it that said oh but i'm not a conservative but here's the conservative yeah. point of view yeah. i really relate to that it college was not a safe space for me to it was a location no, go ahead go ahead no you it, go ahead it, finish your thought it was a location where I had to mask who I was if I wanted to have any social impact. 
And wow. if something that I really disliked about my program that I was in is that I needed an 85% to pass my program. And 15% mm -hmm. of my grade was on professional conduct, which really just kind of boils down to what does the teacher think of you? Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not a 100% student, so it's like there's no way I'm rocking this boat. <laughs> mm. So what that means then, so here's the problem with this, right? What it means is that you never got to test out which of your so-called more conservative ideas were nonsense and which of them were actually really thoughtful. And yeah. other students then, they don't get to test out which of their so-called liberal ideas are nonsense and which of them yeah. are actually really thoughtful. And like, yeah, I see this awesome. with a lot of my liberal students, they say some really, really dumb things. And I'm just like, Oh man. Mm. And I see it with my conservative students. Same thing. They say really dumb. Okay. Dumb. I don't mean dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. I things that are just have not been thought through. They're just talking points that they heard somewhere and they say it and they repeat it and they wouldn't, at the moment you challenge a little bit, they fall apart. They have nothing to say. So you never got to really, like, really fine tune really th th these ideas, right? And so you yeah. then what a disservice, right? Because then you end up not being really educated about a whole realm of thinking that you feel drawn to, but needed to be challenged on. Yeah. yeah. Would you? And how does that sound? A lot of, there's a lot of ideas that I had that. I know are bad, but I don't know why they're bad. But I never get to have the conversations about them because the moment I bring them up, it's I might as well be wearing a MAGA hat, and that's just yeah, yeah. right. Social you don't. Yeah, I got you. When, so when you say bad, meaning that you know you had ideas that you didn't really think through, they were kind of shallow. They're kind of and that's they're what college is about. Yeah, you gotta you throw stuff out. I tell my students, man, just go argue with each other. We have a preacher on campus, Gary the Willard preacher. I think I talked about him in the last stream. He's really smart. He's great at debating. He's just amazing. And I tell my students, go debate the, those who are offended by Gary. I'm like, go debate him, man. Let's go tell him how and why you're offended. And he's and and see if you can stand up to him for even ten minutes. Because he'll come back with a lot of stuff, and you're going to walk away, and you're going to be thinking about all sorts of things differently, and uh, and that's that's what that's what it's all about. And of course, that's what I've been doing for you know 40 years or so, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm still more confused than I ever was. Um, yeah, yeah, Marie. Yeah. Yes, just to add on to what Christian had brought up. Um, mm -hmm. So. In that case, there's there's always an underlying political whatever of uh, the unspoken rules or what have you, which it almost feels like he responded to them. Where in my yeah, setting, yeah. in my setting, if I were to say my views that were not liberal or vice, either way, um, yeah. we're guided by wherever the pendulum swings. A Got lot of times, you. prisons, you wouldn't believe that the New York State yep. prisons and under our governor, yeah. and I'm not going there, but have become very liberal. Yeah. Where yeah, that yeah, yeah. gets scary is they run things and they tell us what to do, uh, which is why I'm not doing that anymore. But and, um, that, and it'll, but what you're saying is it'll, it's it, going to swing back. 
Yes. Right? So yeah. all the way to yeah, Republican. Yeah. But I think we functioned best, to be honest, when we were somewhere in the middle. Safety and security yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always had to be first. Uh, whereas now they're hotlining lawyers if you give them homework. And, and that's not abusive whatsoever. So we we're way, you know, and, and, you know, and not to bring all of that in, but we're guided by the laws of the state as well. So yeah, if yeah, yeah. you say yeah. anything in a system like that, um, if we show a certain movie or whatever, you, you get the riot act. It, it becomes a very legal situation. Yeah. Um, well, that, and then, and, Go ahead. Yeah, finish. Oh, yeah. no. And these are just opinions, but you can't agree to disagree in a setting that way. And yeah, I find yeah, it yeah. so refreshing. But I just want to say one more thing. And it's not, I don't really have a comment, but I hadn't seen um, the video with Nicholas Sandman, but there was the American Indian indigenous man playing the drum. And I don't know if anybody saw the Hebrew Israelites. So the real yeah. video has not surfaced. So if you have shown the entire video, I, I think that's great. I hadn't seen that episode, but yeah. that tells you everything you need to know about America right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I yeah. thought that just the video alone yeah. was, you know. No, you know, a funny story with the Hebrew Israelites are the ones that were really like, man, just tweaking that whole story. Jeff will yeah, put the, the link yeah. to that video. They came. They came after us. They came after Social Nineteen. The the Hebrew, the Israelites. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. About six months before that me video. My last they're, they're yeah, but they don't have any power. I mean, they have nothing. They have no power, whatever. But they really like hammered us on uh, on our live stream and on a video, different things. They were just like, yeah, it was. I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, it's kind of fun for Jeff and I to see that that sort of thing. But uh, it's it's interesting he, that you have a Native American man who's it was an indigenous festival, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way. It wasn't a whole yeah. election yeah. thing, but he's just celebrating, and then this sparks up. But yeah. it's interesting. Now, I again come from a prison system. We go to the group of the riot that we can squash because yeah. we need to yeah. when you have hundreds of people that are criminals that are trying to kill one another. You yeah, have yeah, yeah. to go to whoever you think you can de-escalate is the word. And he went to teenagers rather than yeah. adults. Yeah. And and I thought that was very telling in coming well, from where what I, you know. Well, I think that, okay, so here's one of the things about what I'm, what I, one thing I'm trying to do in that area, I'd like to hear you say something on this i'm not i'm assuming that um you know we get our stories right we see the headlines in the news and we get those stories mm -hmm. and then we grab onto those stories and we and then they become the the sort of the places we put them in our minds and then we run our thoughts around them and then there's stepping stones right and then yeah. we think that kind of the world is like that but what I've discovered just in my life just uh, is, and we've all discovered, and what I'm hearing from all of you actually, is that the world's actually really complicated and it's not like that. It's not these individual stories that, you know, we're just in the United States, we're 330 million people and it's immensely complicated. And, you know, the four of you have immensely complicated ways of seeing the world 
and they can't easily be pigeonholed and put inside of a box. And everybody is like that. And what I'm always trying to do is take these complicated issues, break them down into their kind of simple constituent parts, and then like try to put them together in some way and show how really complicated everything is, you know, like mm-hmm. having a government, for example. Mm-hmm. And so that people walk away both with greater clarity and with greater confusion about whatever the issue is that we're talking about. And sometimes, you know, if you start a video halfway through, you think, okay, I'm I'm making point A, but if you started at the beginning, you'd think I'm making point B or whatever the case is. Right. And so for you, Ari, this guy out, you know, out in Las Vegas, right. Who's doing all these things. You, you strike me as a person who's also all of you. Right. But you know, your mind is going around in that way. And so that, that would be really useful for you to watch the social 19 videos. Yeah, man. I, I, I definitely adore um, what you do because I mean, so, so I, I am totally kind of confused uh, with, with how the world is operating these days because I don't understand the motives of um how these narratives are being put together by, by both sides, by the media and things like that. And, and yeah. um, why, why things are presented the way that they are and um, why that we're, why we're not able to have, you know, actual discourse and policy discussions and things like that. Um, and, but, but that's why I enjoy what you do is because that's you are having that you are mm-hmm. yeah i mean you you know i i was describing what you do to somebody uh a couple of days ago and i kind of like basically say you're like a devil's advocate you know yeah Where, yeah, yeah, yeah like you're you're um <clears throat> you'll you'll take some sort of you know top topic where, where there's there's a common opinion and you'll you know you'll say but you know, and then you'll you'll give some counter evidence to the fact and you'll make someone think, you know, make your students think like, OK, but this evidence doesn't support this commonly held opinion. So uh-huh, uh-huh. what do you have to say about that? You know, like I saw some videos that you uh, posted years back, um, you know, during like some like the Black Lives Matter stuff about like uh, uh-huh. actual statistics about like police shootings and police. Like, what the problem yeah. Was or, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, just, you know, it it just goes to show you like, again, going to like the narratives and and, and I just, I don't understand why the media is doing what they're doing as far as how they're presenting these things. And well, here I I can respond. Let me respond. Let me respond to it. And then have you respond to what I'm, what I'm going to say, I'm going to answer your question as best as a sociologist. And then I want to hear you respond. And then I want to go to Kyle. I don't, I don't think, I think that you got to really think that, you know, 330, just in the United States, forget about the world, like just right here, right? Uh, you got 330 million people, you got media, which media, uh, it's, you know, it's a plural, right? So it's just, uh, yep. and, it, and people just putting things out there just as fast and furious as as they can, copying what other people are doing, um, you know, because that's what we do, right? Because because mo- most people are writing are not trying to complicate it. They're trying to write something or visualize something or show something that's as simple as possible and as 
fast as as short as possible to get people to grab onto it and think that when they get to the end, they understood something. Okay. So you got to make it really simple. So, so complexity is out the window. Um, so you're asking like, well, why can't, why do we do this? Well, we do it because we're a whole bunch of people with jumbled up viewpoints and perspectives. And we're trying, we're all trying to make sense of, of, yeah, of our when you do it, and it, and it gets, it's obvious that it's damaging to the nation. Mm-hmm. But then you yeah. do it again for the next four or five years. It's like, why are they still doing it? You know, like, you know. Well, here, like, my take on that. I heard, I heard a take on that that is like actually, it, 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 it a lot of it just opened a light bulb in my brain because what we what we developed over time are these really, really, really strong two political parties and the parties are the ones that are spending billions and billions and billions of dollars. And so many people like at the, 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 you know, the world, our, our system is organized around these two parties more than anything. And so the more they're just trying to capture certain ideas, the more it just goes and you, you just can't stop it. Even though if you stop any individual on the street, just like the five of us, they're going to say, no, I don't see the world in, in those very simplistic ways. I see it in a very complex way, but, but sociologically speaking, how do you stop that? Like, how do you stop it? It's like, you know, it's like go out on the freeway between Las Vegas and LA and try to stop the traffic with like uh, traffic cones. Like you just can't, you just can't, it's just is what it is. And so I think that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. I don't think there's a conspiracy. I don't, I just think it's I, basic way, sociology. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a opposite of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah. You don't. I'm not saying that you're a conspiracy. Yeah, you're definitely not a conspiracy yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're trying. Yeah, I don't. You're talking inertia, basically. Inertia, <laughs> exactly. It's inertia. Yeah. Hey, I saw this with the Sandusky scandal here, the Paterno Sandusky scandal at Penn State. Yeah. Um, when that broke, you what you watched was within days there were you know like twenty or 25 satellite trucks lined up on the main avenue here. And, and and they all were trying to tell a story, but there was no information out there to be had. And and by the way, the, my class was the first public space at Penn State where we openly talked about it two days later. And the, the back of the classroom was lined up with reporters because word got out on Twitter that I – that my wife and I were going to be in my social 19 class and we were going to talk about the Sandusky scandal. And it was just like lined up with reporters, but all these reporters just kept telling the same story over and over again because they didn't have anything else to tell. And I'm like, yeah, sure. that's how it, there it is all the time, man. There it is. And so that's gossip though. stuff that's like divisive, like race and things like that. I mean, it, it's yeah. so that's the stuff that's so depressing to me. And, and, and it just, uh, it's toxic, man. It's, it's, you know, like, uh, cause we are moving backwards in that. I, I don't think mm-hmm. there's any other way to, to, to see, well, to see our status quo as well. You know, I like, think, yeah, I think we, I, I, it seems like it's, I grew up in this country, you know, in my teens, there, there was not the animus between black and white yeah. or, or even like I'm Jewish, black and Jewish, for example, that, that there is today you know and yeah. and everything is just so exacerbated right now and i just feel like it's, it's very much driven by by content you know and okay listen and, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you an answer to that
You're listening to the audio version of Social 119. I actually think that we we get along now better than we ever have, okay? We really are. Like you talk about the animosity between groups. Yeah, but we really are getting we're getting on. People are um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out as a hypothesis, okay? I think that maybe the social media makes it appear as though we're far more divisive than we actually are, okay? That if you look at people getting along together, and I'm looking at different racial groups and people of different ancestries and so on, people are really getting on well together for the most part. If you watch the headlines and, you know, you watch, uh, you know, like various uh, videos of uh you know, gangs of youth in Philly storming into stores and stealing stuff and whatever. Okay. We, we can see all that, but mostly I'm not, I think that we, I think we're moving. I think we're going to move forward. We're, we're fine. We're moving forward. Sociologically speaking, although it appears as though we're more divisive and we're going backwards, but I really, I'm not sure that we are now, mind you, I might be wrong. In some ways, we are for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, we are, but yeah. I don't know. You know from, from my understanding, shows that like there's it, it seems to be there's more of a racial divide, and 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 I don't even think it's just social media. I think the the actual media outlets, the CNNs, the Fox News, is the MSNBCs. Yeah, they're also like they're helping to create the divide. You know, where it's like I hear you, but but I, but I think if you put people in a room together. Together, like if you put, if we if we do these focus groups and we put like groups of fifteen people in rooms of various backgrounds and so on, I yeah, have a yeah, feeling yeah. that they would, would more that. quickly come to a consensus with each other than they would have thirty or forty years ago. And I think that the divides are actually in their attitudes. They might say that they're more divided, but if you put them in a room, just like here we are, they're actually not more divided. And so. There's, it's, you got to wonder like, okay, what's, is it certain people's interest to divide people or is it just the inertia thing that, that happens? Mm -hmm. So Kyle, what, hang on, Marie, once Kyle, what do you think about my, that explanation right there? Uh, I disagree completely. Um, Okay, good. And and I'll I'll give you some reasons why. Um, (laughs) When Christian was talking about college not being a safe space, I've had this conversation before with people close to me um, that have said, well, you know, it happens on both sides. There's no, it, I, I didn't consider myself to be conservative until the late 2010s. Um, I, I, at one point in time, I sort of naturally came to conclusions that I shared with my mom and she was like, that's communism. So, like, that's that's where I was at one point when I was a teenager. I'm like yeah. an atheist communist saying wild stuff and people would put up with me. I, mean, I was there, too. Um, yeah, and, and then um, as I got older and, and started challenging things just here and there, um, I lost best friends over things that felt safe. Like, I, I lost a guy that I would have asked to be in my wedding party for suggesting that we divorce the sentiment of Black Lives Matter and the organization of Black Lives Matter. Uh, And that was insane to me. That seems like that should be a very safe thing. And it was not. And wait, you're saying uh, that you're saying the ideology, the ideas 
and then the yeah. organization itself. The ideas are one yeah, thing, so, the organization well, is not, another. Okay. Not even the ideas per se, but there's uh-huh. this this thing that happens a lot in in these social movements where there's a linguistics game and we call uh, it Black Lives Matter so that we can yeah. dance back and forth on are we talking about an organization or are we talking about the idea that Black Lives Matter? Right. And we can kind of straddle that line and use whichever side of it is, is useful at the time. And I was like, guys, you realize this is happening, that people are doing this dance over um, organization and sentiment. And that legitimately lost me a best friend. And not only did it lose me a best friend, but um, I had three black people. This was a white guy. Um, I had three separate black people weigh in and they're like, yes, he is right. And this kid could not back off the position. And Wait, was they like, were saying I'm, that you are right. They were saying yeah. you, Kyle, are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was just, no, no, that's evil. You're evil. I didn't realize that before now, but now I do. And was this, this has happened. So this has happened with okay. almost ten people in my life for for things whoa, whoa. like that. Okay. And okay. and so when when you said, do you think that people are really testing their views? No, I, I couldn't get somebody to read a Thomas Sowell book if I tried. If they didn't agree <laughs> yeah. with me. Um, yeah. Did I read Love Bernie that. Sanders' book? <laughs> did I read Ta-Nehisi Coates? Yes, I did. Um, I can't get somebody to do it the other direction. Yeah. Okay. So go back to what I said. I hear what you're saying, man. So if yeah, you take, yeah. if we randomly put uh, 15 people in a room and said, Hey, we're for two hours, we're going to talk about social issues. And they were from all different you know, backgrounds and perspectives and so on. Do you, I have the sense that they would agree on far m- more things than they would disagree on. Christian, yes, you would I, say. I, go ahead. Christian. I would agree with that. Kyle, no, Kyle, do you? Would you say that? Yes, I, I think though that there. Um, I think that there. You were onto something with social media. I think that there is uh-huh. a digital psychology separate from um, your actual in-person psychology, and okay. that people are more likely to honor um, kind of social contracts, unspoken social contracts in person. But I, I do think that the digital psychology is starting to find its way into the real world. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Hey, Marie. And then, well, hang on. Let's go to Christian oh, first, and then we'll okay. go to Marie. Okay. Christian, how? So you said that you think that people would I, agree. I, I do think that people generally are getting along better now than they used to. That being said, I I see social media as mostly a negative as it's really algorithm based and it's so easy just to be led one direction Mm -hmm. and the company and the algorithms benefit for you going down one rabbit hole. And when you're in these spaces, these are all anonymous people. You get to be as mean or as nice as you want to really anyone with no issues, as long as they're just a name on a screen. And what this really does, it's you're going to, group up with the people who you agree with. It's going to be easier for me to sit in a room of five people who all look like, all talk like, all sound like me. Like this is just where I'm going to eventually end up. Like I will more than likely end up in a room with these three other people 
than a room of other people. And it's just because it's more comfortable for me that way. You know, this is the this is the the place in which human beings have not evolved uh, quickly enough to adapt to the kind of technological possibilities that are available to us, mm-hmm. right? It's so these algorithms, world. yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, they have they have outpaced our ability to establish as sociologists. Let me just speak as a sociologist to establish social systems and sociological systems that allow us to find ways to combat the deleterious effects of these algorithms. And we, we can't do it. We don't know how to do it. And, and human beings, we will be, I'm not going to say lazy, but there, there's going to be a tendency to go toward things for most people, right? It's not, not, oh, it's not always true. There are people like myself who just like, I find something is completely opposite of what I believe. And I just want to see, I want to go toward it immediately or like a food or when I'm traveling, I go, I, I look at something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable or uncertain and I go toward it. I want to explore it, but most people are not like that. And so Christian, I, I, I'm with you that this is the, but yet people surprisingly get on. Like we surprisingly, if you actually get them to sit down and talk with each other, right. They, they are surprisingly thoughtful and complex Hey, Marie, you were going to jump in. Yes. So this is sort of piggybacking on what Ari brought up first, then Kyle, then Christian and and yourself. Um, So there's a couple things. So I I always go at it at the psych um, standpoint or the civic education standpoint. That's my background, psychology and civic education, et cetera. In civic education, um, we taught we the people, we work with lawyers, um, yeah, judges, yeah. the whole gamut. Um, and that was part of my pilot course. And what we basically do is our motto is now we teach kids how to think. And okay. our issue, I think there's a huge problem pulling in the uh, uh, social media. And what Ari said, I see that as well. What Kyle said, I see all of that. And I'll, I'll tell you just how real quickly. We are dealing with something, and I've seen a lot of this, tens of thousands of youth that are now adults. They're in colleges all over the place. They're speaking. A lot of times, these are self-appointed philosophers and whatever on television or what have you, leading movements, doing this, doing that, you name Mm -hmm. it. We have what's called a mob thinking. Mob. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is on, right. And- so much so that um, literally, so the books I write are very controversial. I mean, the title is Black, Red, Yellow, and White Lies Matter too. Lies, uh-huh, uh-huh. like narratives. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I, knowing I'm part Black, at least a little bit, had to verify my Blackness to be able to yeah. speak to America and put books out there. And that's where I feel It's our actual thinking that's divided. And why? Because we are of the mob mentality. We no longer, I mean, we're getting back to teaching youth how to think. You're doing that. However, about 20 years ago, we were not. We were teaching them what to think. Well, actually, though, hang on. Okay, so hang on. I actually feel like mass education has always been kind of built around a uh, not, I'm not, I don't want to call it a mom mentality, but look, you, you can't educate large groups of people unless you get them to follow the, you know, the paths that 
that all, that others are following, right? I mean, this is the only way you can do it. This goes back to what Ari said about like big the big government stuff, right? It's so much easier just pass one law up here that affects everything else as opposed to going state by state or county by county or whatever the case is. And so it really is, it's just incredibly difficult to have a large society with lots of small collectivities and groupings of people who we're helping to think on their own terms and mm -hmm. for themselves and by themselves and so on. Like I, it's just, it's, it's nearly impossible. And, uh, but you know, we, we, and so we, but we have to just keep doing our best. You know, you just do the best to try mm -hmm. to make it happen. But it's not like, it's like freedom. Freedom doesn't exist. You, you just are, or democracy doesn't exist. You're, you just are more democratic or you're less democratic. And you're more free or you're less free, but you're never free. And, and I think that's the way maybe with education in some way. Um, Kyle, or Ari, go ahead. Yeah. A couple quick things. I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, you know, um, first, one thing uh, uh, someone said to me recently, uh, I mean, thought it was kind of funny, that the, the, the main thing that, that the gay and conservative communi community have in common is that, you know, you both have to live in the closet um, half the time. And it's because mm -hmm. it's like, um, I, I think it was uh, – Kyle, who was saying it earlier, that or maybe it was Christian. That no, was Christian actually who was saying it earlier. Like we're, we are in a society today, and I think um, people of the left or, or liberals, whoever, they don't realize it that like they are of a mindset um, where like you, they might think they're open-minded, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you really can't be openly conservative in a lot of ways you know there there's this there's this notion or adage or however you want to put it um that exists uh, at least among the right where like um when you know when a conservative and a liberal disagree uh a conservative thinks the liberal is wrong a liberal thinks the conservative is evil you know or so dumb. it's like or dumb yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah 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 right there you go so um and, and it's just what you know something that you know the 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 average person doesn't doesn't necessarily realize that makes things so daunting because you know i i actually enrolled in uh some graduate courses at unlv and and um uh in um uh in, what do you call it political uh i'm drawing a blank on it political but, uh, economy maybe no, no, and just in, in uh, political, um, right. what call it? Political science. Political yeah. science, right? And um, I didn't even make it through a full semester because, literally, my professors they they were bullies. Like there was a couple of conservatives yeah. in the class, and they they were like, not only were they like laughing at the conservatives when whenever they would like bring up different ideas, they would get the other students to gang up on you and the way that they would grade you in your, in your uh, writings, you know, versus yeah. the way they would grade the other students. It was just, I, I, I saw, I saw what was happening. I was like, I'm not going to bother going through this. And I just, you know, moved on to the next thing in my life kind of thing. It was, it was, you know, I thought I was having, I was going to dabble. I didn't even uh, enroll. I just took, took a couple classes. I didn't, you know, go yep, into yep, uh, yep. school, but anyway, yep. um, 
what what the average person doesn't think about is yes, there are these two sides going on, but um, the left dominates when it comes to pop culture, when it comes to yeah. Yeah, education. Yeah, yeah. When it, like yeah. so, so they, yeah. they pretty much dominate in all streams of thought, except for maybe when it comes to like you know uh, religious schools of thought. Like so, if you grow up in a religious community, uh-huh. Uh-huh. or yeah. maybe when it comes up to like you know they they have uh, conservative radio and Fox News, I guess. But virtually all other streams of media. So when it comes to like. Uh, what we've seen recently with social media, how yeah. uh, social media has dominated the algorithms, like with like past elections, with the universities, with public schools, with the public sector unions, yeah. literally almost all streams of thought and information are dominated by the left. So it's such okay. like a dark, dark thing for some for somebody to like have any any of these thought processes, and and now with like all of these. Uh, uh, look, look at what's going on right now with you know these these um, you know speech police and things like that and yeah you know as a Here, Jewish person let me let me yeah let me interrupt you I want to yeah I see where you're going so here's the thought uh, so what I hear you saying is there's a there's a so-called there are certain kinds of types of liberal narrative that that are pretty dominant and very strong and they're very strong in popular culture. Um, there's also a very strong conservative narrative, but it's like, it's, it's, it's over here. It's, it's in its spots, you know, like Fox news is pretty amazing. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's my the education. No, 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 I, really yeah, no, I hear you. Yep. And in an education system, because, because what, what I'm talking about, a, a true conservative perspective, like really thoughtful conservative perspective, which is, I think in many ways would, would, we, you know, we've kind of been talking about here. Uh, it, that's not taught. That's not that's not laid out there. And yeah, if it's not laid out there, right? No, you're not. Yeah, you don't find you're, you're not going to find it in education systems. You're not. It, it's not there in the same way. And so we don't give people the opportunity to really explore the wide range of thinking that happens or has to happen if you want to be a thoughtful, educated person. And it's funny because, and Christian, I'm going to go to you. Uh, when I meet people who are really intense, really smart scholars, like really, really thoughtful scholars in my life, I can, I never know if they're liberal or conservative, so-called liberal or so-called conservative. I never know that. I talk to them and I'm just like, whoa, you're thinking is so complex and so layered, but I don't know. I wouldn't know who you voted for. I wouldn't know, you know, voting isn't a mark of your political beliefs anyway, because you're going to be limited. But so, yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. Christian, what, what were you going to add in? So I actually want to put out some positivity and not necessarily as mm-hmm. negative of a mindset out there. I yeah, think good. that, the organizations, a lot of medias, a lot of different, like, let's say Hollywood, let's say our universities, there's a reason why more liberal people are going there. And it's because the conservatives are mostly going to politically say, no, hold up, stop. That's a bad idea. Let's calm down. Let's go back to our traditional values. We're saying no. We're saying stop a lot of the times. We're not creating new things. 
because that's not what conservatives do. We're holding to our traditional values, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times yeah. that sounds really mean. That yeah. sounds really hateful. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. a really interesting. That, that's an interesting thing. But but you could have, I could make the argument. I got a lot of things that I could point out. Uh, whether it's, I, I hear what you're saying. It's kind of, it's actually a really interesting thought. Uh, but I, there are a lot of things I could point out that, look, first off, like conservatives, Kyle, I don't know what you think about this, but like, if, if you want whatever it is, whether it's drug decriminal, whatever it is that people do with their bodies, like prostitution, using drugs, uh, abortion, what, however it is selling their own organs to somebody else. If I want to sell my kidney to somebody and make $20,000, whatever, whatever that would be. True conservative thinking would be, hey, this give as much liberty to every single individual as long as they're not hurting someone else. They like, don't sell somebody else's organ, but if you want to sell your organ, like, that's okay. Consenting adults. Yeah, consenting adults. But what we see is we're seeing that this kind of movement in the United States that's called conservatism. And I wonder if you, Kyle, I wonder if you would agree with this. <laughs> Um, At one time, I would this, have agreed with that. No, hang on, hang on. Let me finish it. Yeah, uh, that that we see this kind of movement of conservatives who are actually acting more like I'm gonna we're gonna be at the top and we're gonna make decisions for everybody else, like with you know whether it's drugs or prostitution or whatever. And we're actually gonna act not like true conservatives. We're gonna act the opposite of conservatives, and we're gonna try to control everybody's behavior who's under us for whatever reason, maybe it's our belief in God or a religious belief, whatever it is. I don't know. Kyle, do you have a thought on that? Yeah. I, um, you know, it's, it's a very libertarian view. Um, I wouldn't uh-huh. consider myself to be a libertarian per se. Um, I, I do believe in, in personal liberty, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, uh-huh. those sort of things. Um, I, I think there are things, though, that do start to torpedo the fabric of, of civilization yeah, um, yeah. that are very harmful. And, and we've yeah. reached a point, kind of to your point earlier, that um, we are just not capable of handling um, the, the Internet really well. The communication of social media, the readiness of, say, pornography. Um, uh-huh. you know, we watched, um, this uh, kind of in tandem was the launch of Instagram and the rise of suicide rates in women in a pretty drastic way for the first time in what, 50 years, something to that effect. And, um, so I, I don't know that I necessarily agree on that front. Ari had mentioned earlier too, um, kind of, no, I actually hear that you are agreeing in a way, but go ahead. Yeah. Those are, those are uh, tough questions. Yeah, Ari, Ari mentioned earlier, too, the sort of conservative bastions, and one of them was the church. Um, but even the de- deconstruction movement is starting to pull that apart. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. and so yeah. it is it is not, what I see is not a balance where it's like, believe what you want. It is a believe what you want and make sure that you try to convince as many people as possible. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and it's, you know, it's not a, a question of like, do we want equal rights? Do we want liberties? It's um, it gets to the point, you know, we, we hear this kind of in the trans conversation now where you need to use my pronouns. If not, you yeah. are encouraging me to commit suicide or at least contemplate. And that that's a little out there for me. 
Well, you know, okay, so here's one for us. Uh, I mean, here, I'll give you an example. We know, this is where me as a sociologist, where, where I really struggle with the, the question of liberties, right? I, we know that these like big sodas that people are drinking, right? 64 ounce, 88 ounce, I don't know. We, they're, they're unhealthy. They're, it's, it's a problem, right? People want to drink them, that's fine. But there are consequences for society. And the consequences are, in the end, when your health goes down the tubes, you're, you, we are going to treat you. Like, you, we will. And some people won't get treated because they don't have insurance, a few people. But the vast majority of people, it's going to go on to the rest of us, the taxpayers. And we're going to have to take care of your diabetes and all the other ailments that come along with the fact that you spent your life freely because you wanted to drinking the 64 on sodas, like five or six, seven a day or whatever the case is. And so yeah. now me as a sociologist says, Hey, look, man, I want you to have your freedom there. But at the same time, like, come on, man, when, when it's you, when it's just one, if it's just Christian doing this, by the time he is my age, we're, you know, we're going to have to be dealing with his health problems. But when it's a million Christians or 5 million or 10 million or 20 million, then we, we say like, Hang on, it would be really smart of us as a society to just ban 64-ounce sodas. It really would. I know it's taking liberties away, but it really makes sense. It's going to be better for everybody, right? But yet— Or the opposite side of it is you have no, you have no like, social security net, and there's, then there's no laws. It's like, it's like with immigration laws. You have yeah, completely yeah, yeah. open borders, you know? Yeah. But then there's no there's no welfare programs. There's no you know what I mean. So like yeah. So I, so somehow you got to be a balance. Yeah, yeah you got to be a balance. So Kyle, let me ask you. So or Chris, Christian, one of either one of you. So my example of the soda, it's like yeah, it would be really, in a in a well run society, you would be like, hey, can we have a public conversation about this? Really, do you, do you really? It, let's look at what it's going to cost, man. Can we really think about this? That's the society that I would want. That's what I'm trying to do in my class. Like, can we really yeah. think about this? But you, you don't want it. Then it becomes politicized. And of course that's where it falls apart. Right. So do you guys, would you, would do, would, would Kyle and Christian, would you both agree? Like, yeah, in a well-run society, we would sit down and we'd have thoughtful conversations about this. Something Absolutely. Like yeah. Or gun and, control. Uh, Kyle, do you want to say anything on this, sir? Only one thing is I understand that's how Canada works now, isn't it, on the soda front? Well, in some in some states, in some cities, like New York City really tried to curtail it, you know. And, uh, but they're not. Know, European, the Europeans. Yeah, European states. I mean, it, it's just a uh, it's it just becomes. Yeah. But then when it gets sold to the rest of the people, it gets sold as an extremist idea. And of course, then it becomes an extremist idea if it hasn't been thoughtfully implemented and thought through. Well, the same is true with guns. There are just are, you know, I, I read the stories of the road rage and stuff It's and accidents. They're going to be, they just are going to happen. And I get the second amendment, I get the whole thing, but you're gone. You just have to accept a certain amount of bad behavior and really troubling and disturbing behavior. And that's 
where we're at in the world. We're all trying to decide how much of the bad behavior and the negative things we're willing to accept. I think we should, we should just wrap it up. Uh, but Hey, thanks. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Mostly I appreciate you watching the stream and that you would be willing to come on. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks. I love, yeah, I love the channel, man. Mm -hmm. Consider it an honor to be included. Seriously. Oh man. I, I consider it an honor that four human beings from four different parts of the country would say, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll hop onto my, turn my camera on and we'll, uh, and we'll talk. that point at which you said you disagree with me i also disagreed with me i want you to know that <laughs> the, well the that's way, all i was looking I... for i don't i can't stand anybody disagreeing with me so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man okay everybody thanks man once again really thank appreciate you. it Happy yeah thanks sam yeah thanks <laughs> thanks guys pleasure yep. take care thank you for listening to this episode of social 19 thank you to ryan dupree and roland albertson for the tunes. All other audio is used legally, licensed with motionarray.com. Join Social 19 on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays at youtube.com slash social19 slash live. And this podcast is edited by Hamill Media LLC Podcasts.